Marae mai, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus on Monday the 9th of August. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. This week I'm going to focus on two big things. Uh, firstly, the International Panel for Climate Change's new report, which is due out at 8pm tonight. It's expected to show that the climate is warming much faster than expected, it's also going to include a big chapter on methane, so that's important to watch for New Zealand. It's likely to recommend that countries coming to the Glasgow conference in November should come with really big carbon and other climate emissions reductions. New Zealand's under pressure here. Uh, you might have seen over the weekend that Greta Thunberg uh, called out New Zealand for its relatively high emissions, particularly including those from agriculture. And uh, the current emissions plan, or at least the recommendations from the Climate Commission, which are for carbon zero by 2050, are now seen as not enough to get us anywhere near our share of the commitments to keep climate uh, warming below 1.5 degrees. You only need to um, remember over the last six weeks, two months, virtually every day there has been signs of extreme climate events in Europe with those horrible floods in Germany. Just this morning, um, yet more evacuations and massive fires in uh, Greece. And uh, in America, there is now a massive fire in California, the second biggest ever. And today, of course, we're having our own little winter snap. Um, although June and July, it looks like, were the warmest winter months we've had on record. And that's the second in a row, according to NIWA. So why is this important? Well, currently, the government is considering its response to the Climate Commission's report that it received on May the 31st. And we had a look at about a month later. And this is really where the rubber hits the road for the government. It needs to come up with a big number uh, to take to Glasgow, and it needs to come up with some credible policies that will get us there. The political pressure, though, is intense. As you've seen from the blowback to the idea of a second harbour crossing that Michael Wood put up, that was especially for cyclists, a lot of motorists in Auckland saying, how dare you um, build something especially for cyclists and pedestrians, you should be doing it for us. Looks now that the government's going to quietly drop that and look at some sort of trial cordoning off of uh, one or two lanes at the Harbour Bridge for cyclists and for pedestrians. And then, of course, you've got uh, National's campaign against what it calls the Ute Tax, which, of course, is the fee-bait scheme, which has just been launched in which um, ute and other heavy um, gas guzzlers, uh, the drivers and owners and buyers of those, have to essentially pay more, and that's shuffled back to people who are buying electric cars. And it's had a significant impact, uh, certainly in the first month of operation for those people buying electric vehicles. There has been a quadrupling of purchases and now real shortages of electric cars. But uh, nationals seem to be getting some traction on this. Um, again, in this world of um, culture wars, it certainly sees that it seems that in New Zealand, this war between cyclists and motorists is something that uh, is a hot button issue, which um, National has managed to push, it seems, with some success. 
The second thing I'm looking out for this week is the report by the um, independent panel advising the government on a pathway out on COVID-19. That's led by Sir David Skegg. And it will come out on Thursday morning in a special event uh, with some sort of uh, outline of what it would take for us to open up the borders, including what types of thresholds for vaccination levels, uh, whether MIQ might be expanded, whether we might have private provision of MIQ, whether people from different countries with vaccination levels or passports may not have to go through MIQ for the full two weeks, how rapid testing might be used, whether children uh, might get vaccinated or whether they would need to be vaccinated before we open up, and also what sort of future lockdowns we might see. That's uh, Those are the two big events for me to watch in the week ahead, and also to follow up on the pieces I did over the last few days around um, the issues inside Immigration New Zealand and uh, what we should do with the 200,000 people on temporary work visas who now have very little certainty about a pathway to residency, stuck here, unable to leave, um, unsure whether they'll be able to stay, all sorts of uh, grief there as we hit 4% unemployment. And uh, in theory, the government's going to come out on Thursday along with the SCIG report with some more information on how that, uh, how that might play out. I'm also keen to have a look at uh, whether New Zealand should have a population policy. It seems to me as we look ahead at not just the climate future, but also our housing future, I'm not sure how we can uh, plan credibly uh, to solve both of these issues when we don't understand or have any control or any view on how fast our population might increase. Um, obviously, there are forecasts that have come from StatsNZ that a lot of uh, planners rely on, but they have been wrong, horribly wrong, for the last two decades. And that has meant that our infrastructure spending has been way below expectations, and we're still not having a proper discussion about it. It's not part of the um, migration settings review that the government's looking at. And I think it should be, and I'll be doing some work on that later on this week. Just watch out in the news uh, lower down in the uh, pod, in, in the uh, text version of the Dawn Chorus. The weekend uh, saw two political party conferences. National held its annual conference. Somewhat surprisingly, Peter Goodfellow, the president who's been around since 2009 and is widely seen as responsible for the uh, appointment of some candidates who didn't work out. Uh, uh, he's been re-elected. Now, David Carter, the former Speaker of Parliament and National MP, who was on the board uh, with Peter Goodfellow and was seen as one of those likely to try and organise a replacement, uh, he resigned in protest at the decision by the collective board members to uh, re-elect Goodfellow and said he had no confidence in Goodfellow or National's ability to get elected, re-elected while Goodfellow was there. Also over the weekend, a poll that News Hub did showing almost half of National voters want Judith Collins to go and more signs of division there amongst the Liberal wing of the party. Chris Bishop acknowledging in a private direct message which was uh, subsequently made public that he hadn't want, wanted to vote uh, against Labor's um, 
conversion bill. This is the bill that's going through Parliament at the moment that National voted against last week. Uh, also on the political economy front, um, we got some jobs numbers out of the United States that everyone was watching on Friday night, which were actually in line with expectations, almost a million new voters, a million new jobs created in July, and uh, that um, helped reassure people a little bit about what's happening with the US economy, although the Delta outbreaks are really causing plenty of grief uh, in the global economy and mean that no one overseas is too worried about inflation. And in Australia, you're starting to see economists now talking about a double-dip recession. Remember, on Saturday, more than 300 new cases in New South Wales, more than 200 the following day. 60% of Australia is now in lockdown. Well, there we have it. That was the Dawn Chorus on August the 9th. That's a Monday. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Kakite anō.